Mr. and Mrs. American, all the ships at sea. This is Ed Sheehan for Colony Confidential. We're here today with Pete Inahosa from Insperity. We're going to learn a lot today. I got my notepad out. I hope you do too. We are fortunate to have Pete Inahosa from Insperity. We're going to be talking all types of leadership, team engagement, how to build your brand, the full gamut on our whole series with Insperity. Pete, if you could just give us your background and we can get into it. I'm a weird bird when it comes to the corporate world. I actually started as a high school teacher. And so 1991, graduated from the University of Texas, and everybody in my family is a teacher. So my dad was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. My two older sisters are teachers. I have one other younger sister. The story would be better if she was a teacher, but she's not. Uh, Grandmother teacher, great-grandmother, her two sisters teachers. And so started teaching in 1916 in the state of Texas. And so we've been teaching more than 100 years as a family, nonstop consecutively in the state of Texas. So I love teaching. I loved education. I had a young lady that my like sixth week of teaching told me that her life wasn't worth living. And I remember as a high school science teacher, I thought to myself, I can teach chemistry. I can teach physics. I can teach biology. But what I can't do is have somebody sit in front of me and tell me that their life isn't worth anything. And you can do a lot of things to help somebody with their competence, their abilities, their behaviors. But when they decide they're not worth something, uh, then you have a whole other issue. And so I remember going home and talking to my dad that day and saying, Dad, what can I do to help these kids? He was a coach and, and a teacher. And he reminded me of all the things that he taught me when I was growing up, which is about having a positive attitude, having dreams and goals. And I remember thinking, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back into that classroom. And every day I'm going to share with my students about going for their goals and dreams, but reminding them that they were precious, that they truly had the opportunity to make a difference. And that's how it all started. So several years later, I started a camp for kids. It was called Attitude is Everything Leadership Development Camp. And uh, people always thought I was trying to work with kids that had a bad attitude. And I was trying to say, no, your attitude starts your day. And so I had to convince parents, please just send your kids. You don't, and they don't have to be in, in trouble or anything. We're just gonna choose our attitude. That grew into uh, working with schools all over the state of Texas and eventually writing books. And leadership was my passion to try to help students become the leaders. Zig Ziglar, if you've ever heard of this motivational speaker, yeah, he said that the youth of America don't make up 100% of our population, but they do make up 100% of our future. And so I took that seriously and did my best to try to make a difference in kids' lives. Over time, kids have parents. I talked to parents' own businesses. Next thing, I'm sitting there working with parents that own their own businesses, teaching the same relationship strategies and leadership strategies that I was helping students with. And then as I'm sitting here with you today, about eight years ago, Insperity was one of my clients, and they asked if I'd be willing to come in and uh, develop their leadership development for sales. And so we went from 40 offices to 80 offices with these strategies that I'll hopefully try to share with you today on developing leaders and just interacting more effectively with people. So there you go. That's my story. That's what I do. That's what I love. I love making a difference in people's lives. That's a great story. For everybody out there, just remember that our first installment for the HR series was with Jill Chapman about acquisition and hiring, getting talent in. And now we're going to speak to Pete about his passion, leadership, and developing and talent. Nine core strategies plus one bonus strategy to take care of you. So let's start there. Let's start with this idea that every company can either do things by um, intentionality. They can be real intentional about certain things. They can do it by what we would call default or by design. And there's so many people that by default, it would be, 
I'm sitting there working on my business and I realize I'm about to get sued. Okay, you might want to have a strategy prior to that. I'm working on my business and the next thing you know, I realize I've lost half my staff. We could do that by default and keep working on a culture or we could do it by design and start thinking about how to interact with people effectively, getting them up to speed, getting their performance management or their training. So that simple idea is that most business owners only realize that they should design things and be strategic right after they've typically messed something up. They've tried to implement a strategy that they weren't really good at. They've tried to be a recruiter when they're not a recruiter. They try to understand payroll taxes when they don't really understand payroll taxes. They try to understand rules and regulations. And the next thing you know, they realize they don't even have the basic information up in their offices to be in compliant. And so to think strategically is a, is a difference. You're intentional about designing an environment to help your company succeed. You got to be proactive. 100%. Absolutely. Talk about the difference between default and design. And that's basically what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and if you think about this, when we talk about these nine core strategies, these are by design to maximize your people, to get the most out of them. I'm going to use a formula really quick and you can't see it anywhere. So I'm just going to just share it. But if you thought about what's the minimum requirement that you have from an employee, it's fulfilling their job description. So if you thought, okay, I've, I've hired this person, this is their job description, it's laid out, and this is what they need to do each day. So that's called the minimum requirement. If you multiply that by what we would call, and, and I hate terms like this because again, I'm a simple-minded person, but we use terms like this in this industry, a human capital development strategy. Then if you can multiply it by a strategy, the minimum requirement, the job description, multiplied by a strategy, the next thing you know, you're going to get the total capacity of your employee. What is a human capital development strategy? That's what we're going to talk about truly designing in these nine core strategies to maximize your people and increase their effort and increase what we would call their discretionary effort or their engagement. This is kind of interesting. I want to ask you all a question really fast because this is the interesting thing about human capital development, thinking about working with a PEO, outsourcing this type of information. What is y'all's most expensive um, piece of equipment y'all have? If you had to narrow it down, what's the most expensive piece of equipment and, and what's it cost you? I would say the most expensive piece of equipment is our canines. And then after that, vehicles. Yeah. And what's that going to run you? What's that cost? Probably about the same as a vehicle to get them up and running, probably 25 out the door. And a vehicle actually is less, about 21. Okay. Now, if you had an asset that was worth 25 to $21,000, what would you do to take care of it? Do y'all take care of those things or you just let them run down? No, 100%. You maintain them, all the proper insurance. Like our dog has better insurance than most humans. It has health insurance and then it has life insurance. And then it has, I forget the exact term, but if something, if we stop work for whatever reason, it's, I don't remember the insurance short, term. But yeah. Short term or probably short term or long-term disability, all kinds of stuff. No they, dental? What happened to the dental? Here's the whole point. There are companies that um, I walked into a business one time and his MRI machine that he had was an open MRI machine. And the room to the side was hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment just to supply the cooling that it needed to do for the MRI machine. The MRI machine cost up to 750 to almost a million dollars. And the thought process is that we know that we have to upkeep these assets that we have all of the time that help our businesses. 
And it's the same intentionality, the same design, but think about, to your point, your people. And those are the nine strategies help you think about how to get the most out of your people, which to me is an incredibly expensive asset. And, and that's just the thought process behind thinking differently as a business owner about people and having a PEO help you is you've got an asset sitting over there that might cost you $100,000 a year in payroll or more. What would you do to keep them up? These are the, This is what we're going to talk about, this idea of keeping up these people and what strategies can you use in order to effectively get the most effort out of them. Right. What is the first strategy? Let's talk about this idea of the what I would call almost our three anchors areas to focus on. And so let's look at this first. We have three parts of the puzzle. One is called your processes. So if you'll just think about one piece, any way you can streamline a process. And then the second one is called minimizing risk. And the last one is called maximizing your people. And I want to share those three with you, because if you can think through those three areas, the next time you have a strategic conversation, anytime you're designing for next year, the year after, Think through those three areas every time. So let's talk about streamlined process really fast. What products, what system, what strategy, what tool, or what service do you provide? So regardless of anything that you think about first, let's first think about that idea, the process. If I'm going to streamline my processes, what's the product I need to streamline? What's the system? What's the strategy? What's the tool? What's the service? And you guys have learned over time how to help others streamline those processes. Well, we do the same thing. So let me take you back eight years. When I first got hired to come and work with Insperity, they had 40 offices. They want to go to 80. If they don't have a process to open up offices quickly over the next eight years, then they'll do what they've always done by default, which is hire somebody internally or hire somebody externally, try to put them in that position as a manager and see how quickly they can get that office up to speed. But what if we thought about it strategically and said, what if we had training and development for those people to specifically streamline that process? So that's the same thing with anything you do. What's your process when it comes to payroll? What's your process when it comes to keeping time and attendance? What's your process when it comes to how you serve your customers? So the better you streamline your process, that's the first thing. So you can take anything in your business and run it through that grid. What are all the processes and strategies and systems and tools that we use? Okay, that's number one, all right? I, I couldn't agree more. We speak about them all the time on the podcast. Yeah. Anytime my team asks me something, I say, do we have a process for that? <laughs> if you don't, you're about to write one. Yeah. And it, I always look at it as once you have this process, not that you never have to discuss it again, but we use how many different custom softwares or whatever, and they change. So a process today could be different tomorrow, but the idea is you have it there and then in, in team member A, goes through it and says, when I got to step 10, it was different now and I had to do this. And the whole team has to get into that idea of creating the processes and maintaining them. That's been the hardest part for us. We wrote all these processes for treatment three years ago mm -hmm. and we didn't really look at them again for over a year and then realize, oh, now we're looking at it at a minimum quarterly. When you break all this apart and ask yourself, why are these three anchors so crucial when you sit down as a team? The first one is just take a look at all your processes and ask yourself, is that strategy working? Is it not working? Does it need to be changed? What's the difference now between when we were um, doing more face-to-face -face and then compared to now we're being more virtual? Are we doing different processes? Have to we do need new tools? So the second one is once we understand our processes, how do we minimize risk? 
what's that second piece of a business? Every process has a risk to it. So I always think of it this way. If I'm a business owner and I'm looking at all my processes, the second question I always ask me is what's the risk to this? So I want to minimize that. What rules and regulations do I not understand? Is there a liability and compliance that the government's going to put on me? And then here's some weird ones. But what about what's the risk to people? What's the risk to turnover? What's the risk to having top talent and then losing them? What's the risk to your time? I don't want to, I don't want to waste my time as a business owner. I think y'all talked a little bit about this in your first podcast with Jill, where she talked about, we want you working in your business and on your main core set of skills. And so all of a sudden, your time becomes incredibly uh, valuable when you're doing the right things with it. So we've got our processes right. We've minimized our risk to time. Next thing is we want to minimize our risk to resources. And then finally, we don't want to spend money on stuff trying to become experts in areas that we're not experts in. And that's the beauty of this model is you look at all your processes and your strategies and your tools, and then you start asking yourself, how do you minimize the risk? And then the last one is, if you put all that together, the easiest thing is you're about to maximize your people. And when I think about maximizing your people, they're highly engaged, the culture's right, the values are right, motivation is high, discretion effort is high. And so those are the three. I always try to ask myself that. If, if I'm working with a business owner or coaching somebody in that, in that arena, I'd first ask them, tell me, your, tell me your strategies. What's your tools? What systems do you have in place? Where are you going to minimize risk if you have those tools and strategies? And finally, because of that, how are you going to maximize your people? Aside from the processes overall from a company, but when it comes to what we're talking about and leadership and team engagement and everything like that, 90% of that stuff is at your fingertips with insperity. Absolutely. You know, what I'm getting is like these processes that you have in place is say we got a job for a stink bug. We'd have to go to our labels and read the labels to guide us and, and call a crew in and say, that this is how we're going to handle this. Similar to, to that. Yeah. It's exactly like that. And it's for every part of the business. And that is the thing that we spoke about with Jill is we are pest management professionals and entrepreneurs, but what a partnership with Insperity for us helps to eliminate or allows a business owner to do is really focus on growing the business. I don't want to know all the OSHA rules and I don't want to memorize them and this and that. Now, I need to know a little bit about it, but I have at a phone call or at an email, hey, what's new? And really anything that's new, they're very good at communicating it, whether it's on your dashboard or you get an email or if it's something serious like COVID, you get a phone call. Hey, we're having this webinar today. You guys did, I don't know, five that I know about just on PPP and whatnot. But that's really what it is. We are doing processes, Ed, Dad, for all of our treatment. And that's what I was talking about. So we have all our treatment processes for the service techs in the field. Now we have all our internal processes for customer service specialists, for how to answer the phone, what to do next, and tying that all together. So it, it's pro <laughs> there's a process for every process. Yeah, and, It feels and like that sometimes. It does. And so one of the things you don't want to uh, spend a ton of time on is becoming experts in, in building processes when you're trying to help your people. That's why you look for people that are really good at them. So if you can outsource that, great. But when you first start, you all know this, but when I first started my camp for kids in 1997, I think I was 28 years old. I, I, I had no clue what I was doing. I realized very quickly that every hour they were there was a liability to me. 
because if anybody gets hurt, anybody ends up in different cabins, I'm in trouble. And so you, you start learning these things over time and then you start maximizing what, what, what we call your people. So let me, give, I'll give you that example and tie it all together. So I'm over here looking at this idea. I wanna go from 40 offices to 80 offices. So that's my strategy. I wanna minimize the risk of opening up an office and spending a lot of money by not having people well-trained and ready to go when that office opens. So I wanna minimize that risk. And then finally, what do I do? I maximize my people by retooling my strategy over on the front end to get them up to speed with the relationships they need, the leadership skills they need, and all the internal information they need in order to effectively run that office. And Sparity was able to go from doing it the default way, 18 to 24 months to open up an office and starting to become profitable, to by putting together a strategy, we were able to train people in three to six months, and then they were hitting their budget in their first year. Now, a great thing for us, but that was the difference. We thought strategically about developing our people so that ultimately we minimize the risk of turning them over and uh, turning over an office. I'll use your example that you just did. Let's say that you have a process for every type of interaction with the different types of pests that you have to work with. So I've got this process over here. Now I want to minimize the risk of, of doing the wrong thing. I, I picked the wrong chemical, the wrong information. My people aren't ready. So there's a huge risk of going out to a client and providing the service in, in a way that's not effective. But if you go back and say to yourself, no, we're gonna retool this strategy to minimize the risk of having our clients receive bad service, then your people walk out there fully prepared to interact and produce the results that you're looking for. And streamline your process, minimize the risk, maximize your people. And that's just a simple thought process over and over again. It's one of those things that just reminds me that ignorance can be bliss. Cause here you are, you're running a business, it's growing every year. And then you hear this word about processes or whatever risk, what your risks are. Right. And then you're like, oh my God. My, my thing is no matter how good you run it, you gotta have something in place where you can react quick or know what to do to minimize the effect of that. that there you go. And that's the big risk. And so now we talked about a big holistic look, right? It's just three buckets. So when you sit down as a team and you look at bucket number one, what are all the strategies, systems, process, procedures that we use? Strategy number two, if we have these strategies in place, what's the risk if we have them? And what's the risk if we don't have them? And then finally, if we get those two things, then our people are out there working more effectively. We're getting the maximum amount of effort. If you use a really simple example too, let's say you have a really bad system when it comes to collecting people's receipts. So you have to, every month they're giving you all these receipts and they're sitting there um, struggling in order to uh, get paid back and all the things that they're just company expenditures. So you have a terrible process on it. The risk is that you're either underpaying, overpaying, not paying them, but you're getting behind on it. And then so every month when you have to go collect these shoebox worth of receipts and hand them in, everybody's mad, everybody's upset. This is a waste of my time. Well, are you truly maximizing your people? No. So no. we have a tool that we use in Xperity that takes a picture of it, puts it in a bin inside the computer. At the end of every month, all of us that have expenses, we press two buttons and we move on. Or you can be really frustrated and start you know, swinging on people every single day, trying to get paid back for an expenditure. That's a process. It's got a lot of risk to it because it's gonna make your people really mad that they're not getting paid back for expenditures. So is that discretionary effort? No, your people are now talking about you and why you can't even pay me back for the stuff I'm doing for you. 
And that's on top of the work that I'm doing. That's a simple example of process, minimize risk, maximize your people. I'm curious if you're reading my mind or someone tipped you off. We created a process for receipts years ago. We forgot one thing, a timeline for receipts for reimbursable receipts. Okay. So December 5th, a guy had 18 months worth of receipts. Oh my gosh. You can imagine. Yeah. And we were just like, just in time for Christmas. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what he put him in, but if he handed you a, a trunk, just there you go. So we take pictures, there's an expense sheet and it all supposed to be emailed to account. So he had them and he was like, what do I do with all these? So I think we all learned our lesson. He's doing it weekly now. There you go. And I actually reached out to Insperity to find out if there was any legal issue with me saying you have X amount of time. And after this time, you're not accepting receipts. Right. Assumptions are the worst thing you could do. <laughs> I thought that if you were coming out of pocket for anything, you would want that money. Of course, most people do. That's just a very simple example. You can look at any of your strategies, any of your systems, any of your tools, streamline that process, look at the risk that's going to occur. Now, all of a sudden, you're spending all this extra time as business owners trying to uh, minimize these risks when if you have the right tool and right system in place, those risks slowly start disappearing. And then finally, your people aren't thinking about that. Your people are delivering on the business side, the customer service, doing the things they're supposed to. You're maximizing that asset. And which leads us right into, let's take a look at those nine strategies on how to maximize people. Coming up next time on Colony Confidential. It's just a bunch of letters put together that forms a sentence. It doesn't really, but how I say it is Charlie, Pat, Malk. So Charlie, Pat, and Malcolm. Those are the strategies. C-H-R-L-P-A-T-M-A-L-C. And then the bonus strategy is the letter F. Insperity can help all the small businesses out there. They have a phone number for you to reach them at. It's 844-942-3259. Once again, it's 844-942-3259. You can always DM me or text me. Mr. Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, Ed Sheen for Colony Confidential. Thanks for tuning in. Till we meet again, God bless you.